You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to a, another uh, demoralizing episode, I guess. Maybe it's a pick-me-up episode of the Assembly Call, as today your Indiana Hoosiers lost 85-66 to to the uh, Penn State at Penn State, uh, Indiana falls to ten and six overall on the season, and one and four in the Big Ten, losing their third game in a row. I'm the host, Coach Tonsoni, uh, here with Coach Marlowe. Jared is putting his son to sleep, and will join us shortly. Uh, but we're going to try to break it down for you uh, here on this edition of the Assembly Call uh, IU post game show. Uh, a tough night tonight. Obviously, uh, the basketball is, is not good for the players who are there there's elements of this that are huge huge issues uh, missing uh, two starters is obviously an issue but it's not the root cause of what we saw uh, the, the last two games there has to be something bigger going on uh, to see the lack of energy the the lack of uh, of of play uh, and it, it falls I believe on everyone in the program that this is uh, not where most people thought Indiana would be at the start of the season, let alone when Coach Woodson was hired. But it is what it is. And regardless of who takes the floor wearing the Indiana jersey, there needs to be better basketball uh, played. So uh, let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And and really, to all of my friends here and our friends here, it's really hard to have a banner moment on an evening uh, where the play was just not acceptable. Um, and uh, without using harmful or hurtful words or anything, it's just not acceptable basketball regardless of, of, of who's playing. I think the banner moment, if we were going to find a, a bright and shiny moment, is that I, I thought Jordan Geronimo came out and played uh, better basketball, not perfect, but he was energized and was able to score a few points, uh, get some rebounds, and do a few things that had been missing from the game at Iowa, his performance at Iowa. And that's what you want to see uh, from your basketball team is uh, everyone's going to have some lulls and have some struggles. And Jordan obviously did the last two games, but I thought Jordan did what, what Jordan could do. He probably needs to do more and play better uh, in order to make up for what we're missing with race. And it's obvious that he's not playing at that level, but uh, I think the, uh, the bright moment um, is um, the banner moment for me is that Jordan Geronimo had an acceptable, acceptable um, game. So uh, now let's uh, talk about our presenting sponsor. Our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel now in their sixth season of sponsoring the assembly call and second season as presenting sponsor for the back home network. And you surely know by now that Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel and rumored to have some new apparel coming out maybe soon that you'll find anywhere. Uh, and if you support other college teams uh, and have people in your life who do, Homefield's got something for you and for them too. Their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools uh, with unique vintage logos for all of them. Uh, you obviously might catch me wearing some on some shows uh, as I'm a collector of college uh, gear. And I just big fan of, 
of home field and the experience uh, of wearing their gear. It's very comfortable. It, it lasts through many washings, and you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through the Kelly School of Business. That's what we hear, we do here in the community. So go to homefieldapparel.com, use our promo code HOME for 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website is Home Field Apparel. Wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time uh, to move the ball and uh, find the open man. Maybe stop a direct drive. Maybe block out. Maybe give some help and recovery uh, from the rest of our team. And, and right now, uh, we're going to turn that over to um, to Coach Marlow for your opening thoughts on tonight's loss. Thanks, Coach. And I, I, I felt for you a little bit trying to come up with the banner moment there in a game like tonight. Uh, Tough. Uh, and I'm gonna, and I'm I'm not trying to replace Ryan here, but I am going to go on a little bit of a rant. Where's the adjustments? Where where are it, it, well, seriously? Can are Logan Duncan, Logan Duncan, and Caleb Banks and CJ Gunn that bad that when your team can't stop the other team that they can't get some time on the floor? And, and I'm not blaming the players so much, but what's the scouting report coming in tonight? This was a team that everybody knew shot the three well, and coach you and I even at the high school level. <laughs> Get shooters off the line. Make shooters into drivers, drivers into shooters. Where, where's the? We just keep letting them shoot wide open shots. We continue to overhelp. We continue not to close out strong. A couple of times, I'm sure you saw it. You know the old phrase. Mark Jackson famously says it. Hand, you know, hand down, man down, and and we did that. We it, 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 offensively, the few times we actually look like we run a set, we get some good flow. How about Mike Woodson? And I like Mike Woodson, but I'm, I'm I understand the fan base is starting to lose a little faith in him. But how about go into a game where you, you're going to run a set every time down the floor? Quit leaving it up to the kids on the floor. You be the coach and you run some sets and get shots for the people that you want to get shots for rather than just a high ball screen into a, into a pick and roll or a handoff. But run some sets that get some motion. I mean, this guy played for Bob Knight. Where's the movement? Where's the where's the floppy action? We saw even a little bit there last year. Where's you know, like tonight, we ran a couple pin downs, got open shots. Where's I want to see some adjustments, and I'm not seeing any. I mean, and Coach, you and I kind of talked a little bit about this on previous shows, not necessarily about this team per se this year, but one of the essence of of, of playing man man is you have to guard your yard. You can't get beat off the dribble that often continuously. And that that just boggles my mind that we can't guard the ball handler and, and keep a ball handler in front of us to keep from having to overhelp. If we don't feel like we can't, if, if I think our help thinks we can't guard the ball, so we got to be in more help, I, I don't get it. And that's my frustration with tonight, especially was, uh, I, I just don't see adjustments being made. And after a while, the def, I always told my players, definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And I, that's what we're getting right now. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more coach. It, it's, it's frustrating. I think you honestly have to, uh, in me trying to just refrain from uh, total negativity, when you lose two starters, it's hard, but that's when, that's when you're right. You have to make adjustments. Uh, and we're still doing the same things as if we had the starters. We just put new bodies in, and it's obvious that those new bodies can't do what X does and can't uh, and can't do uh, what Race Johnson does defensively or offensively. So 
that's where I think the coach needs to make some adjustments in scheme. You saw that they went to a little zone. I, I don't think zone was the answer tonight, <clears throat> not against shooters. But the, I thought he tried to make an adjustment um, on, on that. Uh, the The defensive thing is habits. I, I think you will agree with me, too, that you, you when you see programs who really stress defense, they have good habits. And this year, Indiana doesn't have good habits. They had it last year, and maybe that was X, and maybe that was Rob Fennessey, uh but the personnel, Miller Cop's still playing. The the other guys are still playing. Where where have the fundamentals gone uh, defensively? And it was, I, I'm going to say, before the injuries. Mm-hmm. Like, Xavier Johnson at Rutgers missed seven blockouts. Um, Race Thompson in Las Vegas gave up deep post position and wasn't playing fundamental defense, and, and it was part of that loss too. So, you know, when Coach Woodson says – oh, the reason we're not playing good defense is because we have two starters out. Well, Coach, you weren't playing good defense at the beginning of the year either. <clears throat> um, and then, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Uh, I It is hard to guard the bounce, though, Coach, especially with the athletes now, and they've worked on their game. It's hard. And, and what you got to do, and why we say guard your yard, is you got to push them out so that there's no direct drives. And you push them out, then your help can have a stunt and recover. But we don't stunt and recover. We we stunt, stare, and then all of a sudden our guy catches and the closeout becomes longer. Those are habits. And as you know, sometimes we can't fix the habits as a coach. Sometimes maybe Coach Woodson can't fix it. But I'll be darned, do closeouts for two hours. Adjust the positioning. Welcome, Jared Morris. Uh, we're in the middle of, uh, <laughs> of co-ranting uh, a little bit about that and well, trying to explain. Well, I, I want to try to explain to our listeners what's happening from a basketball standpoint. Right. Because yes. uh, we, we need to know that it's the habits of defense along with scouting and positioning. Tonight, Coach, I would have gone and spread out our help. And, and I would have said, you're on an island, and if you get beat on a drive, we'll give up a two. And we have Trace Jackson Davis back there to try to swat stuff. And, and Trace, you can leave your man and go, and go swat stuff if you need to. Um, so, you got to – you know, everyone's going to be mad at the players, uh, and, and rightfully so. I don't think they played well. But it's also some scheme. You have to be equally upset with the coaching because spread them out. But we were so we're so ball aware on defense with our eyes and our body position that we lose shooters on a night where you couldn't lose shooters. That's bad habits, and that goes back to practice. That goes back to the scheme. That goes back to all of that. And and everyone has to own it in order to fix it. And, and defensively, we've just lost lost our identity. And then offensively, the answer to, to your opening comments there, I think we start games and halves with some creative stuff. I wrote down a lot of creative stuff to start the game, and then all of a sudden at the 11-minute mark, it went back to jamming it into the post and the high drag the drag screen I like in, in transition, but it went back to the standing and stagnant basketball and everyone hunting shots from that time on. And then when you get down 11-12, it was one-on-one basketball. I'm going to pull a three, uh, you know, and, and – and it got sloppy, and that's when you got to call stuff. That's when you got to go to your flex that you like and I don't like, or you got to go to your floppy action, because you know Bob Knight used to say when motions you start start standing in motion, that's when the, you're in trouble. Well, he would call timeout and get them moving. But what we do in our programs and what a lot of colleges do, they run something at that point, um, and, and we're not seeing that, and so. The bigger issue for me, and we'll get Jared's thoughts here uh, momentarily, the, the 
the biggest thing here is there's a disconnect. When I went down early, the team was connected. There was a lot of joy. There was a lot of juice. Even when Indiana was in the ballgame and leading, if you looked at the faces, there was a timeout after Indiana scored, and everyone just walked back. In college basketball, it's hip, you know, chest bumping and high-fiving, and the bench came off slow. And there's something going on in this program that there's a disconnect. And, and I'm not there to know whether it's all coaches or players or NIL or whatever it is, but that togetherness that was there before Thanksgiving is gone. And so that's why the next man up is not working too because they're not maximizing their effort. There's a lot of sad faces. You, you, you heard it on the broadcast, a lot of sad faces, a lot of sad faces, body language. Body language was bad from the yeah. start uh, tonight. Uh, and you can't win in the tough Big Ten with that. So with that being said, son's asleep or laying down at least, Jared. I'll and now Jared you get to. You get to he talk is. about uh, this eighty-five sixty-six loss. Go ahead. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, I apologize for being here late. That wasn't originally the plan. Uh, but as the second half wore on, you know, I realized my wife came home. She'd had a long day of work, and she was going to handle both kids and put them to bed, you know, because I usually do bed with my son. And at about the 10-minute mark, I looked up. Well, I mean, and I'm being serious. You know, I, I kind of realized I really don't believe we're coming back. I think I should go. I think I should go do bed. Let me let me take this one for my wife. Let me not give up a night putting my son to bed to watch what's probably going to be 10 more minutes of bad basketball. Very rare that I choose to do anything over Indiana basketball. Um, but, you know, what I saw tonight, to me, it certainly didn't warrant uh, prioritizing it over family time. Um, you know, I want to piggyback. First of all, Coach Marlowe, thank you for jumping on and filling the role of Ryan tonight. We greatly appreciate that because it was a night that needed a rant. You know, Coach, I want to – there's a couple of things to me that really stood out tonight. One was the play of Jordan Geronimo on the positive side. Um, look, as soon as I heard that the starting lineup was going to be Trey in for Tamar, I didn't like it, and I tweeted it. Because we've seen two straight games from Jordan Geronimo that haven't been very good. And to me, the formula for winning tonight was not getting Jordan Geronimo in mismatches on the perimeter. It was getting your shooters out there and trying to match Penn State shot for shot because you knew they were going to take shots, and to me, that's what we needed to do. Uh, I was wrong. You know, Jordan Geronimo, I thought, was the best player on the team in the minutes that he had. And so for me, it went from wondering why he was starting uh, to looking at the box score and wondering why he only played 23 minutes. You know, I thought the first half, you know, Indiana really struggled when he was out there because he was the one guy, you know, that was kind of bringing some energy, you know, and, and trying to do things right. Now, it was far from a perfect effort, you know, um, but I guess that it's one of those things, kind of like you said, it's like sometimes we start the halves you know, with creative stuff and, you know, doing things decently. And then it just devolves into a disorganized mess as the half goes on, whether it's, you know, who's playing, what we're doing. I thought we came out at the start of the game and used Trace as a screener a lot. And the offense really seemed to yeah, move. I agree. And then by the second part of the half, it was all just dumping it into Trace. And, I, you know, that makes some sense because of the matchup issues, you know, that that presents for Penn State. But it just made us predictable again. And, you know, that leads into my other point, which is that I loved watching Jalen Huchifino make shot after shot against Northwestern. It was awesome. You know, it was like watching Jay Edwards out there just making tough shot after tough shot. It wasn't sustainable. And we knew that and we talked about it. And tonight, you know, I get it. You know, Jalen's in a tough spot playing point guard for an offense that really doesn't have a lot of flow and doesn't seem to have much of an identity outside of dumping it in to trace. But he's developing habits now of just taking shots whenever he wants to. And he's a good shot maker, but he's not an elite shot maker. 
And so, you know, the offense needs to help him fall into a role where he's more of a distributor slash scorer as opposed to a guy who really has a score first mentality, you know, instead of a distribute first mentality. But he's doing that because it's allowed and because it's needed. And I think allowing him to get into those bad habits, I don't think that's good because I don't think the formula is Jalen Huchofino taking 15 to 20 shots and counting on him to score 20 to 30 points to be in a game. But that's where we are right now. So, you know, I just think there's a lot that seems to be wrong with this team from a strategic standpoint, certainly just from a, a togetherness and a cohesion and a spirit standpoint. And as I tweeted at the end of the game, and I guess people seem to misinterpret it, you know, not having Xavier Johnson and Race Thompson makes a difference. Indiana would be better able to handle road games with those two guys or even just with one of them. Look at the start of the Iowa game. But their absence is not making a winning difference, okay? You know, what we're seeing, there were cracks at the beginning of the season that were papered over because we still won games and guys made individual plays and, you know, things had a little more continuity because of all those guys. But those cracks are quickly turning into fissures and chasms and canyons now that those guys are out. But it's bigger than just the injuries. And, if you know, I think you can say, We'd be better with those two guys, but I don't think we'd be winning these games with those two guys. That's the difference. So it's not an excuse. It's reality, I think. We'd be better with those two guys, but we wouldn't be good enough to win because there are enough other things going wrong that are major red flags. You know, for the second straight coaching tenure, there are major red flags here in the middle of Big Ten play in the coach's second year, uh, and it's impossible to overlook them. And coach, I, I totally agree. I, I, I want to stay, try and explain it from a basketball perspective too. That's kind of where I'm at. But at, at some points, even the fan of me, the coach of me would want to make some adjustments. I would want to be wanting to try something different. I mean, I, I'm not going to totally abandon my system, but I would, I would at least try something, try some, you know, different personnel, different, you know, different. Again, I, like you said, go back to a set that I know I can run or some sets I can run. The other thing I was going to point out, they had two guys tonight who hit seven threes. I think that's one of the big things that holds us back a little bit. I, yes, our three-point shooting is better, but when was the last time we had somebody knock down seven threes in a game? We, we, don't, you know, we don't draw defenders away. I mean, you watch. Even when we went a little smaller tonight, they still kind of bunched inside and waited for the roll for TJD or the post up. There was usually two or three guys around him because they, nobody fears our, our three-point shooters. And I like the kids. Don't get me wrong. I want I want Miller Cop to make shots, but he's not making. He's not, and Trey's not. And so, it, it back to the flaws of the offense. You got to do some things that's going to get people in position to get them some open some shots and, and things. And I know they're getting open looks, but I just you know, like I said, I I just believe some of the adjustments come from. And again, I know flex isn't going to get run at the college level, but run that <laughs> floppy action. Run the run some curls. Run some staggers. I thought tonight, you know, like I said, Jared said it too. The first few minutes of the game, the first few minutes of the half, they run stuff, and then it's like they forget they have it. And it's and that's the frustration for me, both as a coach, former coach, and as a fan. It's like, why don't we stick with some of the stuff that works? And my other frustration yeah. is, you know, I don't know whether the kid can really help us or not, but at least C.J. Gunn has a reputation as a shooter. What do we got? To he lose? hasn't hit this year, but he hey, but Coach Marlow, you should have been an Al Skinner fan at Boston College. He ran that tight flex at yeah. Boston College. They weren't even getting out of the free throw lane. 
but anyway, yeah, I think uh, that's the frustrating part is the way Indiana's losing. It, it, you understand without starters, they've got to really increase their play at every level in order to, to win in the Big Ten with these players and these coaches. I mean, all 14 teams are capable of winning, and when you're down two starters, you're likely going to lose a lot of games. It's how they're losing the games that matters, and that some of it's on the players, some of it's on the coaches, and I think that's fair. And th- I want to be clear about something. What I said earlier about Jalen Huchofino, I'm not blaming him. He's no. a freshman point no. guard. He's out there trying to do what he thinks is best for the offense. You know, now I wish his shot selection was a little bit better, but those are things that he has to learn as a freshman. But he's being put a lot of times in a very unstructured offense where it's kind of up to him what to do. He's not ready for that at the Big Ten level yet. So that criticism is not a criticism of him. It's a criticism of the coaching staff, of Coach Woodson, you know, for allowing that to to happen. That's not – he needs to be put in a position to do what he does best. He did not come to Indiana with the reputation of a scorer. On a good team, he's a distributor first who can, you know, hit an open three and score if you need him to. But he's being forced to do this. And, you know, Coach, I – I get the idea about C.J. Gunn, and I like C.J. You know, I think he's good in short bursts. You need a little bit of energy, get C.J. in there. The shot isn't coming yet. You know, he's a little bit rushed on it, and that's fine. Even good shooters sometimes struggle as freshmen. To me, what you need to do is if you're going to play Miller Cop, use him. He was one for one from three tonight. What would he have done if he had gotten five or six threes? You know, I get, you know, people say, well, he's getting beat on defense. He's getting beat on defense, and he is. You know, he has limitations. So if he's going to play, he has to get shots. And him getting three shots, he has to be more aggressive, obviously, a little bit more willing to shoot him when it's not a perfectly clean look. But run something for the guy. Get him shots out of the offense or else, yeah, if he's not shooting, then I think you are better off probably just playing someone more athletic that can do some other things out there. You know, we're, the, I, and that's, that's my frustration is it just seems to me like we're not putting guys in position to succeed. We are, in some ways, maximizing guys' weaknesses and minimizing their strengths. And that's the opposite of what you should be doing. And that is not, it has nothing to do with X and race, right? You know, they're just, they're upperclassmen that are a little bit more comfortable doing what they do on a basketball court, regardless of what the coaches are saying. But we have some young guys and some role players where that's not the case. And they need better direction. You need to run stuff for Tamar and, and, and Miller. The the good programs r- run stuff for their post players, and then they go away from it and they run it to their shooters. They have a variety of actions. Indiana does not have a variety of actions, and they don't have the talent to overcome that. And part of what you talked about with Hood Shafino is there's some freedom to just hunt shots. That's that NBA isolation game. That's what we're going to have with Coach Woodson. He believes in players making plays, players calling plays. Uh, and, and I think sometimes – that maybe at the pregame it's all set and you do that for seven, eight minutes, and then all of a sudden everyone goes to comfortable, the two set plays that they do. But you're absolutely right. Coaching is about putting your players in position to succeed, both offensively and defensively. Uh, and, and, you know, you saw a little adjustment later with the – they went small. That's why Geronimo lost some minutes there at about the 10-minute mark of the second half. They, they went small in trying to match up on the three-point line. But then they got so spread out that they gave up drives. <laughs> Because you saw Walsh was telling people to spread out to three. That was the adjustment. But then when you can't stop a direct drive, then they were attacking Tamar and they were attacking Cop. Uh, and then in rotation, they were attacking TJD when he'd have to go out on a perimeter. And again, 
Jared, that's habits. That's poor closeouts. That's poor on-ball stance. That's poor anticipation. Having coach, your head over we your We talked about chest. this in the exhibition games, Coach. That's why yes. I don't buy the excuse that it's injuries. This team was showing right. bad habits. A lot. They got, you know, they got over it because they're good players and they were playing bad teams. This stuff has been bubbling and just getting worse since the beginning of the season. Which makes you wonder what practice is, what, what's going on at practice. I mean, I know we're not there, and maybe they are working on them, but they're certainly not giving it the same emphasis that they did last year. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and Jared, that's a wrap. We don't know. Are you, are you taking <laughs> the lead, or am I still on the lead here on this thing? You finish the end of segment one, Coach, and then I will take over to start segment two. All right. I got, I got to find my out music there. There it is. So <laughs> I, I was my script, all my things are all over the place. But anyway, that's the end of segment one. We lost. Uh, but coming up, we'll look at meaningful moments and go inside the numbers. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Hi, this is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an open three and I never miss an episode of the assembly call. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and coach after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosier. Former hero of a win at Penn State, James Blackman Jr. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I am Jared Morris here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and the coach, Jeff Marlowe, on another frustrated episode here of the Assembly Call as your Indiana Hoosiers fell tonight to the Penn State Nittany Lions by 19 points. It is the beginning of segment two, and you know what that means. Yes, it is time for tonight's meaningful moments you might have missed. Brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. Coach, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the second half. Uh, when, you know, Indiana played some good basketball at the start of the second half. I thought they started both halves fairly well uh, tonight, you know, and they were down 11. They cut into that lead. And you'll recall it was 41 to 36. Indiana, they may have been on an 8-0 run at this point. Either way, they were on a nice little run, really had some momentum. And, you know, Penn State's going down onto the other end. 
And Jalen Pickett just made one of the best passes I've seen all season. He, you know, just very common. This is what we've seen against Indiana all season long is you get a little bit of momentum and it's like, okay, here we go. And the opposition just goes and gets the exact shot that they want. And this is what happened. Jalen Pickett, I don't remember who was guarding him, but he drove into the teeth of the defense. And it was great because the camera angle had it perfect. He goes up and he's looking right at the guy in the corner like he's going to throw it to him. And whoever it was, maybe it was Trey. I don't remember who it was. But he's looking at that guy. So, so the man who was guarding Funk on the wing kind of took a step that way. And Jalen Pickett, without even looking, just flicked a beautiful no-look pass to Funk, I believe it was. He drains a three. It's 44 to 36. And it was just another one of those deflating plays for this program where it's like, we've got some momentum. Here we go. Boom, they get the perfect shot. Now, Jalen Huchifino went right down on the other end and made a three, which was a not, you know, that was a big shot by, you know, by the young player going down, hitting that three. That got it right back to five again. But we know what happened thereafter, which is Penn State just kept raining threes after that. So I'm not saying that if you get a stop there, it's a different game. I think we know what was going to happen tonight. But to me, it was just a microcosm of what we've seen. Last year, this team was able to rely on its defense to get stops when they needed them. And this year, it feels like, you know, the opposition, sometimes they get a little bit away from what they're doing. They miss a few shots. They relax and were able to get stops. Arizona, Kansas, Rutgers. Iowa, when they need one, they go and get one. And that was another, you know, just good offensive design and a great individual play by Jalen Pickett. Well, there's a lot that you said there to unpack. One, a great offensive design. That'll help your basketball program. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know my respect for Coach Shrewsbury, and I'm not going to go on and on uh, today, but you saw it. Uh, An NBA guy with the Boston Celtics is coming back and doing well because he's got a variety of actions. And he knows how to switch. I like their little blur screen when they throw their hands up and act like they're ball screening, but they just run by. Some people call it a ghost screen. Uh, We call it a blur screen. Uh, And Indiana didn't know whether to switch or not, and they just went guard to guard in in some zero action off the top for three. But what defenses have to do, if defenses are good, they stop the ball and put pressure on the ball, and they take away the comfortability of an offense, everyone's going to score. You know, if you hold people, if you have great defense, you're going to hold 50. The great teams only give up 10 more points and keep them at 60. The bad teams get into the 80s, right? Because you don't make a team uncomfortable. Uncomfortable in driving, uncomfortable in passing, and they're not uncomfortable in shooting the basketball. And that is with your plan, and that is with your activity, that's with your rotations, and that's not being done. And and teams are comfortable, so they know they can call Carolina if that's their play call and know when to run it because Indiana's not going to put up that resistance this year. And, and, and that's the problem, uh, is that Penn State was comfortable tonight. They knew they were going to get open looks because Indiana wasn't executing, and they ran multiple things uh, where the fundamentals were you know, exposed. By the way, comment of the night from um, Brad says, Coach is trying to get a Penn State Cup sent to him. Brad, you're assuming Coach doesn't have a Penn State Cup somewhere <laughs> somewhere back there. Uh, Coach, on that point, you know, the other moment to me, again, in the second half, Funk was, you know, from Pittsburgh. I don't know. He was like eight feet behind the three-point line and just, you know, ripped it and drained it. I think it was Stephen Bardo who said there's no defense for that. Well, Stephen, on that particular play, no, you, you know, Maybe there's no defense, although I don't know. I would suggest that if a guy has hit six or seven threes on you, you get out on him as far out as he's going to go. 
The problem is the defense for that shot is the defense on all the other possessions. When you let shooters get comfortable and get in rhythm, then he, you know, if he was, you know, being met on the catch and, you know, every shot is tough, he's not even going to think about taking that shot. But he's in rhythm, so sure, I'm just going to back up and take that shot. So I don't like that, that there's no defense for that. It's the fact that we continue to let shooters be comfortable, you know? And if you're going to let shooters be comfortable, especially a team that's going to fire up threes like this team, this is what's going to happen. So, you know, there was always a chance, you know, Penn State is a make-or-miss team. You know, in all of their losses this year, they have shot under their season average from three-point percentage, and in all of their wins over top 100 teams, they've shot 41% or better, right? But the make-or-miss part is part of it is you've got to make them tough, contested shots and not let them get in rhythm. And the second part of it is you've got to hope that it's kind of your day to get a little bit lucky because when a team shoots that many threes, they're a high-variance opponent. And tonight, it was a snowball effect of all of it. We weren't there on the catch. We weren't contesting threes. They were comfortable, and they were hot. And this is what happens. And the problem is, even if they weren't hot, we still probably would have lost by 9 or 10 points <laughs> because we weren't doing enough other things. So that doesn't even matter. So you can't just concede open three-point shots and hope that they miss. And that's what ha- that's basically, you know, I'm sure that was everybody's experience as a fan. It's okay, went over that they're going to get a three. And at the start of the second half, when we made our little run, Rundy had a, or Lundy had a little three that rimmed out. Uh, uh, Funk, you know, bricked one that was a little bit far back. So that helped us, you know, make our little comeback because they finally missed a couple. But that was more on them really than the defense because the Lundy one was wide open. So it just, it was very obvious what they were going to do. It was very obvious, you know, they're... They're a difficult team to scout, obviously, because they run sophisticated stuff, but you know what they're going to do. And it just looked like we were unprepared for the opponent that we were playing. Now, and, I love Shrewsbury, but I don't know how sophisticated it is. I, it's, I mean, okay, it's smart. I was just trying call, to give him credit. It, it's smart. Uh, your big word, sophisticated, equals smart. All he did was run exchanges and get an, uh, get an advantage on a drive and then drive the lane and then spot and cut people. And move. he moved the help which is what we've been talking about a lot. I mean, that's just basketball, general basketball. And they know what their identity is. Yeah. Yeah. They know what their identity is. And, and it goes back to, my, to kind of my rant that, okay, they're a three-point shooting team. Well, at least for our program, when I coach, we're going to run that kid. We're going to run those guys off the line. I would have rather seen us give up 18 driving layups and, instead of 18 exactly. threes. I mean, that to me, that's what I'm talking about with the adjustments, and that's on the staff. And I, and I really questioned tonight, the first time I really questioned it in terms of staff of scouting report. What was the scouting report coming? Obviously, now, we don't know, but it sure didn't look like what I would have scouted. I, I do think, if we go back and watch, they weren't on the nail tonight. So they were their adjustment going in was one step closer, which was good. Yes. But, but Coach, they're still out of position, and they're still their habits are still bad. They are so – watching the ball and when you watch the ball you're late getting out on a closeout or you're late getting out on that's what tjd in the corner he was caught looking at the ball look wanting to block a shot and oh my gosh this is my rotation that's habits yeah so i I, you know yes i think there's questions about the scouting report i'm not saying you're incorrect there but i did see them move out and then later in the game i did see them like they were going to spread out but still no one gets a three Heck, we did that to Shrewsbury's kid when we played him, when Western played Shrewsbury kid at Westside. We met him at half court and double teamed him so he couldn't get in rhythm and shoot. And then we said, the dork is going to shoot all night long. 
Let the dork beat us. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That's probably that's probably not politically correct to say. But we had we call it the dork defense. We're letting the dork take the shots. Well, and we went to the, we kind of did the same thing, Coach. That and for those who were watching on the YouTube feed, you know, my signal to my now in high school we usually had to worry about one kid. You know, right. you probably only had to worry about one kid. And so ours was this. We went with this, this motion in front of my face. And that my, that meant my face best guard. defender was going to face guard their best player. And they weren't going to get the ball. They weren't going to help off that player. They were going to be inside their shirt. And we always said, get up inside their shirt and be and, and don't help. And everybody else knew that if you were guarding somebody near them, they they weren't helping. Yeah. So you had to be extra more locked into who you were guarding. I, I just once give me somebody face guard, face guard. Yeah. And, and face in the college guard. game, all those kids funny. can make shots. So I you got to, but run them off. You're commenting about running them off the three or getting closer, Jared on yours. There's no defense. Yeah, there is get up into them. So they're drivers, make shooters, be drivers. I don't I mean, know. It, coach, though. It, it, Remember Izzo at the IBCA that one year, he's like, you know, you always put the bad kid in the corner. Well, maybe that was a little few years ago before. We that's got the superintendent's son normally. And sorry <laughs> if there's any superintendents listening to the but show, but saying. we would actually scout dads. If there was a superintendent's kid, then that was the guy we let, <laughs> let shoot. You know, I just, it was just for too much of the game, an uncompetitive defensive performance. And what's disappointing is I thought we did compete a lot defensively at the start of the game. I thought we were there on the catch more. Now, Lundy got some open looks, you know, and I thought they were able to do to take advantage of Indiana switching and, you know, gave Trace a little bit of trouble out on the perimeter. He did OK a little bit later, but struggled a little bit with that early. So they got some shots, but it was more competitive. We were forcing them to drive and that just right. steadily went away. You know, it's like we could do it for 10 minutes but we didn't have the resolve to do it the whole time. And so that is where, you know, I do think, you know, I, I have so many questions and I think there are so many red flags with what this coaching staff is doing. But at the end of the day, you know, you also have to have the players go out, you know, and do it for 40 minutes. And I didn't think that they did. It was like, you know, we were there for 10 minutes, but that was about all we had and a little bit at the start of the second half, but that was about all we had. And what you, know, you saw, anyway, Jared, was there was some, just some tough body language from people who I think are competitors. When Trey got called for fouls, he kind of threw his fist. There's some disconnect. There's some struggles. Well, they, and these and guys, is... they want to play, and then all of a sudden someone drains a three in your eye, and, it, and you just saw it. You saw Hood Shafino kind of do this once in a while. You saw that. There is yeah. something going on to where they're not responding correctly to adversity because it's yes. just it's falling on them. And they're going, oh, here we go again, or we're going to go back in that huddle or whatever. And they're not handling adversity correct. That's on the players ultimately because we're all responsible for handling our own adversity. But when it's tough, when a whole situation's tough, the negative just weighs on you. And then something bad happened. And I just saw a lot of that, just the drop of the shoulders in between yeah. possessions. So that's a meaningful moment you you, you might have missed or you might have seen. But that's that tells me a lot. And, and you heard Bardo, probably the only thing he said right tonight, uh, that he commented about that tonight as, as well. They didn't want to go back to the huddle. They didn't want to do – that's the vibe we're getting. And if you're going to have next man up and replace two excellent starters, you've got to be freed up. The game of basketball needs to be played free. And right now there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of pressure on Coach Woodson. There's a lot of pressure on these kids. Uh, and they're not handling it in a way that will lead to success. Yeah. Well, and look, you know, we talked about this in the last show too – you know, it is on the players to handle their own adversity. There's no question. And so you, there, there's an element of personal responsibility there. But there is also human nature. 
you know, and we have seen these guys this season. Like there were cracks in some of the fundamentals, but these guys played hard against Xavier and they played hard against North Carolina. So these are not guys that are, you know, lazy, lackadaisical basketball players by nature. But when there's, but when there's a lack of belief in each other and in the plan, and if you don't think that your effort is going to be rewarded, you know, it is human nature a little bit to not push through a hundred percent. It's just, that's just how it is, you know, and that comes from the top. And so I just, I think there's a very, I don't know what the right adjective is, but there, you know, the stew of this team, there's just a lot of ingredients in it right now that are leading to a really noxious smell and terrible taste. And, you know, it's all of those things together that is leading to this, you know, but I think ultimately we've seen these very guys play harder and play better. And it just seems to me like a team that has lost a little bit of belief in each other and even more so than that in what they're being asked to do. Because when you don't believe in what you're going to do, it's very hard to do it with conviction over and over and over again. And and I don't listen to the radio feed, but friends of mine who were texting me were talking about fish has really gotten pretty pretty uh, down's not the word I should use here, but has has really called them out on the air in terms of, of both planning and the competitive stuff. I also want to go back to a meaningful moment, Jared and Brian, that I thought was, I thought was really huge. And that was back in the first, first half. We had a lead forced a tough shot, got the rebound and we're coming down. Basically, I think it was three on one, three on two, a TJD leading the break. And we turned it over and they go down, I think hit a three. And, yeah. and so that to me, that was just kind of like, that's kind of when I first signed it that I was kind of like, oh, no, don't we just screwed up a possession where we should have got an easy bucket one way or the other, at least a good open look and put it into a three. And, and so, yeah, that yeah. was kind of my meaningful moment. I wanted to point out. I, I had one. We had a pin down for a cop, two. Yes. Yes. He, he hit. He hit and, and we don't like mid range twos on this show. It's the anti assembly call. I'm trying to get Connor to make a home field shirt for me to wear. No more twos, please. Um, and, and but. We ran something for cop. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, it was nice. Amazing what happens when you get a shooter a shot in rhythm. Uh, the last thing I want to say from a meaningful moment perspective, you know, I thought this was going to be a really important spot for Malik Renew. Uh, I thought because of the size advantage that he would have, if he was able to go in there and take advantage, that would really help Indiana. Now, obviously, he's a risk defensively because of the way that they do things. Uh, you know, and so he got in his very first possession. And what we've seen from him a lot as he's been struggling is the first possession, he's often going way too fast. And he'll turn it over, he'll travel, he'll make a bad pass. And I was impressed because, you know, his first possession, he got the ball and it's like he thought about going real fast, but he stopped. And he got the pass back out, he reset himself, got in the post, was nice and patient, and scored. And it was nice to see. He went down two possessions later and took a charge. And so it was, you know, really one of the first times. And he, you know, was a little bit more productive against Northwestern, but he seems to be slowing down a little bit when he gets in the game. Now, three or four possessions later, he fired two passes that were good ideas. I think one was to cop on the wing. He was open. He just flew it over his head. Another one was either to Geronimo or Trace, who was cutting, and he was open. The execution was bad. The thoughts were, you know, were better. And so, again... We are looking for the smallest positives that we can take in a game like this. But I thought Malik looked slightly more composed on the road than we've seen him in the past. And he's going to be really important for this team. So hopefully that is something to build on. Um, Again, you know, he had the two turnovers, and so it wasn't a great night, but it was at least, you know, something small to hang our hat on. Had the two turnovers and was buried. Well, 
Yeah. I mean, if, if you know, I get it. You got to be responsible. Uh, if you make some turnovers coming off the bench, you're likely to come out. But the guy's a talent, and, and he's he's hitting the freshman wall probably, and he's also, uh, I think his spirit's broken a little bit, and he's hesitant, and you can't be hesitant no matter how good you are right now. We talked for, for years where I was too stubborn to see it with Archie about taking away uh, the mojo and, and the confidence, and, well, I don't see anything different. Um, you, you know, know. it's interesting. See, that's interesting, Coach, because you do At this have a point, coach- you do have a coach in Woodson. You know, Archie seemed to have him on such a tight string when it came to, you know, who's going to shoot and pulling him and that kind of stuff. And Woodson seems a little bit different in that, at least from his comments, he seems to want to give the guys comments to shoot and do some of those things. But the difference is, if you listen to him talk, he does put everything on the players. Like, yep. he will say, like, I've got to do this. I've got to get him over the hump. And so he does have those platitudes. But if you really get into it, it's, well, the next guys have to step up and guys have to make shots, you know, and guys have to defend better and do all of this stuff. They got to so play wonder, harder. Yeah. Which so is a tough way to criticize kids. Like, criticize their closeouts. Our technique's not good. Or, or this guy's not blocking out. He needs to be physical. We need to do something. And then you always say, we. We need to get. We need to get tougher. We need to close out better as a team. We're not closing out. That is. There's no excuse. These guys should know know better. But when you say, what's what's your response to playing better? They got to play harder. So you're attacking. I, I did not notice any Indiana guy not playing hard. I noticed technique being bad. I noticed bad decision making. But I didn't see in the first half of this season people not playing hard. And when you go to a pat answer in the media, and maybe you're doing it in huddles too, and you say you got to just play harder. That should be a given. Like if those guys aren't playing hard, then coach Marlowe's right. Bench them, bench them. Yeah. But you're not, you're not even doing that. Um, so this is where, you know, it's just, there are signs of this program, just huge amounts of signs that something's not right. Um, overall, uh, numbers. I mean, Penn state went, 18 of 31 from three-point range, and we went four for 14. I mean, that's obviously a huge number right there. I, I don't I don't understand uh, a game plan where you have a team that is in the top 25 in the country in shooting threes, and you know you're going up against a high-volume three-point shooting team, and especially when you see how the game flow is going and you continue. I mean, that's one of the lowest three-point attempt percentages we've had all season in a game that demanded the opposite. And maybe it wouldn't have worked out because we only made 28.6% of our threes tonight. But, guys, the math is different this year. We're not winning games with defense. We have to score more points. We competed. competed. You know, we were in the games against Iowa and Northwestern because we made a bunch of shots. But we did nothing tonight to help create more of those out of the offense, and Jalen wasn't Jay Edwards. And so we saw what happened. I just That, to me, that kind of offensive game plan – it doesn't make sense in a game like this. And so that despair, obviously the disparity in makes is huge, you know, and Penn state, they were just more comfortable. They made more shots, but for us to take that few threes in a game like this with with how the game flow went, I mean, that's, you're not even giving yourself a chance. So, you know, and our offense was good because Iowa doesn't play defense. And then we had a heroic night from Jalen Hood Shafino against a good defense at Northwestern. Right. And, And, and so, like I asked that question of Ryan that like we're we're the twenty first efficient offense or something. So man, it makes me feel stupid criticizing the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some games that that's been inflated, 
against lesser teams and and an Iowa defense. But when you get into the Rutgers and the Arizonas and the Kansas that play defense, the efficiency numbers uh, have dropped. So, but right now we're 72nd in the country after tonight defensively. Yeah, 72nd defensively, and that's in Ken Palm. Take out some of the preseason priors from last year. And, you know, take out some of the early games and we had a full roster because we don't have a full roster and that's probably not going to happen for the rest of the season. This is the team we've got. And those numbers are a lot worse. So, you know, this is why it has been a theme on this show, Coach Marlowe, all season long. Habits and process. Habits and process. Right. You can get fool's gold in certain games. And it's fine. You celebrate a 33-point performance because that's a great individual performance. And sometimes individual games are won and lost by great individual performance performances but if you're analyzing what's the system what can we count on you know what is this team going to be able to go back to when things get tough on the road in the big 10 this is what we've kept coming back to that there have been cracks all season and things that just haven't felt right and a lot of that came home to roost tonight anyway uh, numbers for you coach well it's been coming home to roost for a few games jared i mean you bring up you guys are I, I listen to as many of the shows as I can, and I, I, I totally agree. It's habits and processes. And I and we talked a little bit about this last year before we got kind of hot in February into the Big Ten tournament. Coach, just real quick before I go to my numbers, can you say what is our identity? Yeah, we like to re- throw the ball in the post. Okay, I, I guess. Over I, and I, over and over again. I just don't know what our But, no, we don't is. have one. Exactly. I, and I'm not, I know it was kind of a rhetorical question. I just – but right now, what it should have been was defense. It, it, that was what was, you know, that was going to be the thing we, the rock we built everything on was was defense, and that's gone away from us. So I'm going to go to the one stat tonight that again kind of reared its head on 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 Sunday uh, against Northwestern. I think also a little bit against North uh, against Iowa as well. At least Coach Woodson pointed out in the, uh, the Iowa loss, we were 10 of 18th line. That wasn't going to be the win that we weren't winning if we were 17 of 18th line. But you can't be 10 of 18 at the line, and you can't struggle at the line the way we have been at times um, here when we've been when haven't played as well. So that was the stat that that jumped out to me since you guys talked about the shooting percentages already. I think, coach, that's a sign of a lack of competitive focus. Mm-hmm. This team is not a great free throw shooting team, but they're better than that. Yeah. And that's where, coach, when you said like guys are playing hard, like they're they were trying to move fast, right? Like they were giving effort, they were sweating, right? You know, like there there were <laughs> they were trying to do things, but there's trying to do things, and then there's doing things with the level of competitive focus that you need to win games when you're just not gonna let a guy beat you. You know, when a guy makes another three, that's the other thing Stephen Bardo said that I kind of agreed with. He's like, Man, if people keep hitting threes on me, I'm gonna slap their arm. Do something to make them uncomfortable. You know, you get a foul call, fine, but at least let them know you're there, right? Yeah, or, you know, I don't know, do something, like get angry. And I know, like, sometimes those kind of histrionics, you look at it and it's like, yeah, does that stuff really matter? But I do think it all adds up to that kind of competitive focus where you just see guys that they don't, they're out there to, to, to run hard and play hard, but they don't have that next level of just com- collective competitive will to win the games that you get when you believe in each other and you believe what you're doing. And I do think it's a fine line, but I think that's the difference that we're seeing between this team. And it, it is really frustrating, but you know, it's this team is better and has more talent than what we're seeing. They can play better basketball than this. That's what's so frustrating. Man, Coach Marlowe, a lot of us old guys, I don't know about you, I always used to take a foul in the first quarter just to talk crap to the guy. Like, I'm here yes. all day long. You're not yeah. going to get comfortable. I just hit you in the nose and wait till I see where I hit you next. 
You know, if that guy's hitting threes, he's going, to, I'm yeah. not dirty, not no. Dennis Rodman, but no. run him off the three. No. Get, Xavier get Johnson's. <laughs> you know, I will say that's the thing that last year and, you know, Xavier does toe the line and sometimes he goes over the line, but you need a guy like that. And I think that's, an that's part of, that's part of what's missing is Xavier let you know that he was there. Xavier's gone. So this is not an excuse. Who's going to step up and be Xavier? I, you know, Miller Cop, another meaningful moment when, you know, Lundy got the ball on the block and Miller Cop fought him to tie it up and make sure he couldn't get a layup like that. But every possession, you know, he was there. He let you know he was there. He got fired up, you know, but it was one. It was like an island in an ocean of, you know, otherwise nothingness. And can't Miller like got that. his ass buried on that play, though. Jared, well, he did. On, on fast he did. Break. But at least he, he kept fighting, right? Yeah. You're right. That's all I'm saying. You're right. Miller's I, I, I agree. I feel for Miller Cop because he's never going to defend effectively, but he gives everything he has, and he gets nothing run for him on the offensive end. He's so dependent on everyone else making that extra pass or that kick out. It's just frustrating. But I, I do like Miller's fight. Yeah, and, and and that's what I want to see. I just want to see somebody who's going to be like, you know what, we may lose, but we're not going to just get run over. We're, you know, yes. not somebody down. Somebody's, you know, and, and this wasn't the game for that, I mean, in terms of, but, you know, somebody, well, they did have, was it Lundy or whoever made the one rip move there toward the end and went for the dunk, you know, about maybe five, six yeah. minutes ago in the game. Everyone. And, you know, and, and we just let him go. I, I would, if I was playing in that situation and we were down 15, 16 and somebody's going for a dunk, I'm going up and I'm challenging that thing and his butt's going on the floor, you know, and, and that's just me. <laughs> Coach Marlowe, you're not going up. I mean, you're, you're, well, you're not elevating, it. dude. It's you hard, you may slap him, but <laughs> you and I, we're, we're not going up. But he wasn't making it. No, you're right. Uh, all right. Let's well, well we all ponder through. the mental image of, uh, of coach Marlowe giving someone a hard foul. Let's all right. Uh, coming up on the assembly call, it's time for our third segment of game balls. Who's your hustle award and lingering questions. Uh, stick with us here on the assembly call. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. <laughs> oh, yeah, not much hops, but they weren't getting a layup on me. <laughs> there we go. This is Anthony Leal. What's the only thing better than being a hometown Hoosier? Having a friendly place to hang out online after IU games, no matter where in the world you may be. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach right here after every IU basketball game. 
Thank you, Anthony. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. By the way, uh, this Thursday, tomorrow, we are going a half hour later because the IU women, the top 10 IU women, now that's a team that that has some competitive fight and some competitive spirit. They are playing Maryland. Uh, Coach Marlo, I don't think you're going to be on the show, but Kathy and Amanda are hosting yep. a show. That game starts at... Uh, what is it, a five, 6.30 start or 5.30 central start, right? So their show will probably start about, yeah, 7.30 central. And so we're backing Assembly Call Radio up so that they can do a full show uh, without having to truncate it at all. So Assembly Call Radio will start a half hour late. So make sure that you watch the women and listen to doing the work. Uh, you guys picked a good season to uh, start doing the show full time. Same mistake we made back in 2011, 2012. So I hope it works out better long term for you guys than as for us. Yeah, I have, uh, a, radio, I have a radio game here, a local game on the radio tomorrow night. So Kathy and Amanda will be ha- handling the post game on there. So give them a listen. Nice. Uh, okay. And then also join our newsletter, join.assemblycall.com. All right, guys, it is time for our game balls. And I know I see it in the chat. Everybody gets frustrated with the game ball segment after games like this. I feel you. You know, it's not really a segment that I enjoy uh, after losses. And if we were actually coaching the team, trust me, we wouldn't actually be giving out game balls. But I do think it is sometimes a nice oasis within a very tough show to take a step back and honor someone who did have a decent game. And plus, we have a sponsor for it. So uh, our game ball is presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental, where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their home or business. You can learn more at bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you get 23% off all of their testing services. That is 23 in honor of TJD. Uh, Coach Marlowe, let's go to you first for your game ball. I I'm I really kind of, after the game, I started thinking about this a little bit more. I was so frustrated with watching the game. But I guess, I, I'm, I shouldn't say guess, I'll go TJD here, another double-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, two blocks, four assists. Uh, the one he didn't shoot it very well, and he did have four turnovers. But I'm going to go with TJD for my game ball. Okay, uh, Coach Tonsoni. Uh, it's hard. Uh, I, I'm with the people in, in, in the chat, uh, but I'm going to go Trey Galloway because I thought he did a good job on on a picket to start out. He only had five points, and then he got some late when the game got out of hand. Uh, but I thought they started Galloway because of defense in Geronimo because they tried to guard that three. I, I don't think they made the right choices in, in how they guarded it, as we've talked about. Uh, but I thought Galloway did a good job on him, and I think uh, offensively uh, he had no turnovers. He had uh, a two assists, and he had five rebounds. Um, and so one of three uh, from three had double digit in points, five rebounds. Uh, it's hard for me to give a game ball when a guy had a real negative plus minus, but the whole team had a, a negative plus minus. I do think, Jared, it is important that, you know, these kids are trying to play. Uh, there's some circumstances with themselves that they have to deal with and get better if it's on them. There might be some issues in the relationship between the coach and the players. They're all responsible. They all need to get better. But there are some always some bright spots. Uh, when you play eight, nine, ten guys, uh, someone's going to have – a little bit better game than other. We talked in the banner moment, and when you joined, we thought Jordan Geronimo bounced back and was was effective tonight. Uh, and I think Trey Galloway did more Trey Galloway things than than he did in in recent games. So I'm going to go there in a, in a tough way of 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 game balls. You know, I really struggle with Trace in games like this because 
we know he's playing hurt. He's not the same guy. He doesn't have the same bounce, the same quickness. You know, we know all of that. And ultimately, you know, he did produce more than anybody else with the 14 points, the 11 boards, the four assists, the two blocks. And so, Coach Marlowe, I think you can make a credible case for him. But, you know, the one thing that, it always, that has always defined Indiana basketball, at least the Indiana basketball that I grew up with, is that the best player on the team is responsible for his teammates and responsible for getting guys together. And his individual stats are not where the story for his performance ends. You know, and so when Indiana, you know, comes within a couple points on the road against Iowa, you know, and comes within one against Northwestern, even though we know that that was much more like a 10-point game, but his production was just so overwhelming in that game that I, you know, I get it. But, you know, I have a hard time in a game when we're talking about, you know, who's going to kind of step up and be that guy. I know it's not his personality, and we've talked a lot about how Trace is miscast as the leader and go-to guy you know, on in this program for four years when he would have been, I think, much more productive as a second or third guy. I just think his personality fits that. And then we could focus just a lot more on what he can do on a basketball court, you know, and he probably wouldn't be the focal point of the offense, you know, and have, uh, you know, that obviously would take his production down, but you also wouldn't, you know, kind of highlight some of his offensive weaknesses. I mean, I think you saw some of his offensive limitations tonight in a game that really, kind of demanded him to score 25 or 30 points for this team to compete. He needed to do more with his touches than he did tonight. So it's one of those games where I think there's a lot of positives to point out for him, but a lot more is expected too. Uh, and so I've, I've had a really hard time balancing that out. I think a lot of IU fans have because he's clearly the best player. He's clearly playing hurt. And so it's tough to criticize him. But on a good Indiana team, you know, the best player does more than just his stats and his production. And I, you know, I do think Trace has has stepped up as a leader by example and in some other ways, but this team just needs more with guys injured. And I think on a night like tonight, you know, I'm going to hold him a little bit more accountable there. And so I'm going to give my game ball to Jordan Geronimo, who I thought, you know, really came to play with all of his minutes. I, you know, I was totally wrong about him starting. Coach Woodson was right about that. He was ready to play. And I just walk away wondering why he's the only starter who didn't play at least 31 minutes because he was, as, you know, as impactful uh, as a lot of the other ones on a night when everybody had their ups and downs. Um, but I thought, you know, he really fought and kind of got back to being the Jordan Geronimo we saw last year in the Big Ten tournament and the Wyoming game. And so that's another building block, potentially, is you're going to have to get more from Jordan Geronimo if Race Thompson uh, and Xavier Johnson are out. Uh, you know, and tonight he was able to do some of that. So he gets my game ball, which puts us in a very frustrating three-way tie. And so on a night when the chat mob wants us to skip the game ball, no, we are going to you, chat mob, and you have to break the tie. So how about that? How do you like them apples? So <laughs> you get chat mob. You get to <laughs> suffer with us. Yes. yes. If we have to do it, you have to do it. Uh, so give us your game balls. I will tally those up while we listen to a little music uh, and the dulcet tones of Anthony Leal once again. Hi, this is Anthony Leal, reminding you to check out our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services has been providing off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals since 2001. In other words, they're in the business of prevention and peace of mind. And remember, prevention cannot be measured. To learn more about how Evansville Security Services can help you preserve your peace of mind by preventing bad outcomes, 
visit EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Well, Brian Tui, as he often does, uh, had the funniest comment. He said, game ball should go to us for watching this. And by that, he meant the chat mob. And he was talking about the game, not us. We appreciate that, Brian. Uh, it certainly looks like uh, Jordan Geronimo is the... I saw some votes for TJD, saw a few for Trey, but Jordan Geronimo... Even a game ball uh, uh, for Michael Shrewsbury in there. So that's nice. Coach's burner account in there giving a game ball to Michael Shrewsbury. Uh, but Gregor. we will go with uh, Jordan Geronimo. And that is his first uh, game ball of the season. So well done, Jordan. And hopefully that was a building block uh, for the future. Let's go now to quickly the Hoosier Hustle Award. Coach Marlowe, you can go first on that one. Uh, wow. Um, on a night where we didn't play very well, this is a tough one for me. Uh, this was kind. Of, I, I'm I, since we went with Jordan as the as the game ball. I guess I'll go with Trey here. I but it's hard for me. I mean, it's just I don't know. This the it, this is one where it, I'd almost be like, uh, can I pass? Can I abstain? But I'll go with Trey Galloway here for the hustle award just because he had five rebounds and and a couple assists. Um, no turnover. Yeah. No turnover. So. Yeah, I would I would go with Trey for this. You know, that's a tough defensive assignment being on Jalen Pickett and he didn't, you know, Trey has some limitations. He, you know, the great thing about having Trey in this program is he's a great fallback for the hustle award because you do know he's always going to hustle. Um, you know, so you're always going to get that from, him. you know, and again, I thought guys played hard. There's just that next level of, uh, you know, of, you know, as I turned to competitive spirit, whatever it was that this team just doesn't seem to have. Uh, but yeah, I would think you could give it to Jordan. I'm going to give it to Trey. So he gets it, but coach, do you want to throw in, you gave Trey your uh, game ball. So do you want to throw in an honorable mention? Well, Geronimo, uh, Geronimo block, a couple blocks, a uh, steal, six rebounds, uh, and not messing up too many defensive assignments. <laughs> I mean, he was just really struggled with that at Iowa and Northwestern. That's why I was shocked he was in the in the starting lineup too, is because of his uh, inability to guard correctly in those games. And I thought he he reacted well and was ready to play from the start. So, you know, he got a lot of those defensive plays, which I think are are not fake hustle, uh, the the real hustle. So, I'd have given it to uh, Geronimo, but again. For the reasons you gave Trey, I, I, I found him to be the yeah. game ball recipient. So let's see. Trey now moves into a tie for first place in Hoosier Hustle Awards. Don't look. Who's he tied with? Do you guys know? Race? Mm-mm. Race has two, I believe. Race has two. And maybe this is part of the problem. He's tied with Xavier Johnson, who has three. So That's five of your point. Hustle Awards are Xavier and Race, who haven't played uh, in a while. Um, but... Look, this team still has more talent to be playing better than they are. So that is an explanation for why Indiana isn't as good as we thought. It is not an excuse for why they are as bad as they are. Um, That is just the status of things. So, guys, you know, I think in terms of lingering questions, you know, Coach Donsoni, Indiana plays Wisconsin next. And, you know, what we're really seeing here from this Indiana program that has to, you know, just – hasn't been able to find the right long-term coach and has consistently cycled in and out of coaches and new identities is the teams that have a long-term identity, Purdue, Wisconsin, others in the Big Ten, really are able to take advantage of Indiana. And that's why we have such poor records against those teams, you know, over the past 10 to 15 years. And so Wisconsin comes in to Indiana, I mean, we say there's no must-win games in January, but I don't know. At some point, you got to just win a game. Uh, and so it certainly feels like a must-win game. 
and you know uh, Tyler Wall has been hurt, so we'll see what his status is. Obviously, it would help Indiana, uh, you know, match an injury for injury if he is not out. But you know, as underwhelming as Wisconsin can be, when you just look at the individual players, they're a program that very rarely beats itself, that knows exactly who they are, and that is kind of tailor made to take advantage of a program that seems to be struggling with the most fundamental questions of what it is as a team right now. So I guess my lingering question for you is what needs to happen for this team to be able to come out on Saturday and put forth a winning effort uh, against a team that is not going to beat itself and is going to make you beat it. Man, and if you have I, that answer, please send it to coach Woodson. <laughs> yeah. I'll get on the email right away after the show. Um, no, I, you know, it, it just comes down to they play that methodical offense where they try to isolate you and, and either get you get the right matchup in the post or the, or they free someone up for a, a three point shot and, and you know it's it's death by a thousand cuts uh, against Wisconsin uh, usually fundamentally strong don't turn the ball over uh, at the Cole Center they have eight players against R five with the officials um, but. Um, you know, I, I just think it comes down to you're going to find a way to stop and make Wisconsin uncomfortable and get these guys to buy in. A lot of the quotes I'm reading on Twitter is like they're not – even the players are saying, now we're not playing hard, we're not listening to coach. I mean, that's just that's just player speak, coach speak. Well, you know what? Get it done. I mean, tomorrow's a great time to start doing all that shit right away. Um, you know, you, you're getting a scholarship and NIL money. Get it done. I mean – uh, the players and then coaching staff find a way to help your players get it done because you're obviously not doing it either, and you get a lot more money than the NIL does. So no one in this program's doing anything right. So I don't expect to beat Wisconsin. In fact, I'm thinking every game we're going to lose, and if we win like that, the Romeo year, great. We lose 12 out of 13. We get one, drink a lot of beer, run around the house, do some crazy shit when we win. Like I'm got to find some ways to be positive. <laughs> Or I'm going to have, an, you know, already had one heart attack. I don't want to have another heart attack. So, you know, I mean, here's how you beat Wisconsin. You guard their ass. Yep. Find a way. Pardon for the swear. You got to put the E on the podcast now, explicit podcast, all that rating. But um, you simply find a way to get it done. And you play connected defense. And you only got two days to get it done. So, I don't know. It's, it'd be too early to start drinking on Saturday. I mean, but. Kathy has to. issued a warning to Mrs. Tonsoni. She said, watch out, Mrs. Tonsoni. Coach is worked up. Nah, she's She's got <laughs> her slippers on tonight. There's no no catching her when she's got her slippers on. Hey, I, I know this sounds simplistic, and you guys may may laugh at me, but this just comes down to they have to get back to the mentality that's all for one and one for all. You know, exactly. There, there, there has, and that's on the coaching staff. The, the the staff has to be as much involved as that as the players. But it ha, but like all the things you pointed out, coach, run to the huddle, get connected in the huddle, get you know high five guys after a, a good play. The bench needs to be active and up and cheering. And 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 when somebody goes out, you you know somebody when they come in, you got to make sure that you know what the what you're doing, where you're who you're guarding, what you're supposed to be doing on offense. I know all that sounds simplistic, but that's how you win. You get back to playing, as Normandale would say, five guys playing as one unit. And right now, we're not having that. And I again, it's simplistic, but Coach said it the best, and I, and I'll, I'll finish with that: is guard somebody, 
make them uncomfortable and don't let them just set their feet and shoot the ball. Make them, I'd like even some pressure coach, what, you know, some pressure defense, like we saw against Northwestern on, on Sunday, show some more pressure and some zone press and, and fall back into a zone or just, just change it up. But don't let them get comfortable. Make them have to think a little bit about what they're doing on the offensive end. And at some point, Jared, to your point, knock somebody on their butt and let them know you're there. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, a coach now has to put enough money into the swear jar that all drinks are on him when we're up there for the for the Purdue game. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Jared. Hey, you know what, coach? These, I mean, th- this is why we get on here on the post game shows. We've we analyze and rant. It's about getting that emotion out, hopefully here and hopefully in the chat mob, so that we can go back out with our public social media commentary. And be, if not supportive, then just don't say anything because we got it all said here, you know, because it's true. I mean, it doesn't do anybody any good to go out there and put, you know, too much negativity out there on social media that isn't constructive. Absolutely. So get Keep some of that from out the players or go so in the private community and say whatever you want. But, you know, that's why we do these shows and have this so, chat. And So I might so as well just continue to apologize to, for, Coach. Something to continue to put cus, uh, money in a cuss jar. I've always said I put the ass in assembly call. I don't know. I don't know why I don't know why people are so afraid of curse words anyway. They're words for a purpose. They describe an emotion, and tonight they were the proper words to use. So I'm not really all, apologizing. I was here. just trying to be nice. Good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everyone in the chat, we got four hundred and fifty nine poor souls watching this. They need to laugh a little bit, you know? We all know that coaching's bad, the players are bad, I use bad right now, but let's all enjoy each other like a family and have a little bit of fun. But you That's know, right. guard somebody, take care of the basketball. It's a simple game. It's it a simple game. It's like look it, gotta shine shine you know, shine the turd up a little bit. Let's go. Come on, Hoosiers. <laughs> it's the state of Indiana. We can't play the right basketball. We got Jerry about right there. It's Indiana. That's where basketball is supposed to be played the right way, and we can't get, get it played the right way. Dang. Uh, I'm going to yeah. die from laughing into a coughing fit every time Coach talks here. Play, you know, play your <laughs> butt. Play, you know, I'll be nice about it. Play your butt off. Leave everything out there on the floor. Don't go into that locker room and be like, I could have done a little more. No. <laughs> you give everything you got. on. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Yes. You're on scholarship. Play. You're mm-hmm. coaching in the greatest, uh, you know, place on, in earth to coach. Relax a little bit and, and get these – find a way. If you have to change, change. You know, if you have to find a new way of do, uh, of, of doing things. But get that mojo back that these guys had in the, in the first year. It's on you, Coach Woodson. And it's on you, the staff. And it's on you, the players, to look in the mirror and get it back yourself too. And if like, you this can, is in the sure. Not sure relaxing is the right answer for Coach Woodson, though. <laughs> no, well, yeah. And <laughs> how he, how he communicates, I don't know. Just be better. Just be better. Dang. That's yeah. it. Just be, that is it. Just be and, better. And, There's 8,000 other lingering questions we could talk about for what it, needs to happen against Wisconsin. But you just got to bring competitive fight to the game for 40 minutes. Whatever the plan is, just commit to believing in it and believing in each other and doing it for 40 minutes and see what happens. And if but, you want to. And I, I hope I don't jinx it, but if you would want to watch that or you want to see that, at least watch 40 minutes of IU women tomorrow night. Oh, exactly. It's beautiful. Now, we know what we're getting from the IU women, win or lose. You know what you're getting from them. Yep. 
So it makes them such a joy to watch. And so, but again, you know, this is where coach value women have an identity. Terry Moran yes. has built something, you know, and this is the catch 22 with IU basketball. It's like, we've got to give a coach long enough to get his system in. And we did that with crane, but by the end it was clear that it wasn't going to work. And we gave Archie Miller, we were patient with him. We gave him some time and it wasn't working. And here we are in year two with coach Woodson, having some of these conversations, seeing red flags. And it's like, God, nobody wants to start this thing over because you've got to eventually get stability, you know, find your Matt Painter, find your Terry Moore and who's going to be there and build something, go through some ups and downs and figure out what works. But, you know, it'd be nice to have, to not see all these red flags in year two, you know? So it's, I don't know. It's that, I think that's I'm getting, the frustration, you know, that's why yeah, and I'm getting so stories that it's very similar to his previous stints in the NBA too, that early years were good. And then quickly, you know, teams went the other direction under Woodson. And I haven't researched that, but I've had people send me stuff all night tonight. Uh, Ari's mentioned it uh, to me. Other people have mentioned to me that, you know, fresh start really works with Coach Woodson, and then quickly it kind of goes the other way. I hope that's I hope that doesn't happen here. I hope that's not what is happening here, because if it is, then it's a – then we, we got a bigger, much bigger issue. But there is something – disconnected in the whole program right now where they're not playing to their capabilities and and everyone you need to be ready if this team plays to its capabilities it can get beat by wisconsin because yes. we're without race and we're with you know without x so all i want is this team to play to its capabilities and play good basketball and eliminate as many errors as possible and not get beat by 20 penn state's good but not get beat by 20 yep. that's just it's not acceptable and no, someone has to be held accountable for it and we talked about it. There was a path for Indiana to play really well tonight, but you run into a hot Penn State team and they just outshoot you and they beat you in a tough game. And we'd have to come on here and, you know, there would be errors and stuff. We'd be like, okay, that's what happens. Life on the road in the Big Ten against a high variance team. This was not that <laughs> at all. This was not that, you know. And you know, I saw, you know, someone in the in the chat saying, you know, you've got to see some progress in year two. Yeah, I'm not saying that to say we have to stick with this plan for four you know, five years, you know, we've got to see some progress. And, you know, the issue is it, it brings back thoughts of last season where the way the season ended, you know, allowed us to, to, it allowed us to, to do the minimum to be successful and feel like there was some momentum to build into season two. And it's like, Hey, we showed some growth. We switched things up. Okay. This is, you know, momentum into season two, but now what we're seeing here really puts a highlight on some of the issues in January and February of last year, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what we didn't know at the end of last season. Was this just kind of a one week thing where we caught fire and, you know, kind of, you know, at the, at the right time when our backs were against the wall, or is this a signal of something new? And, you know, I think the early returns on this season are suggestive of the fact that what we saw in January and February is a little bit more indicative of the process and the system and the habits of the program that's being built. Now, can they turn it around and, you know, pull a rabbit out of their hat and turn this thing around? Yeah, they're capable of it. But, you know, you're concerned, I'm concerned. There's red flags all over the place. Just Jared, as I, just a, a casual comment about the, the great people we have in the chat and, and the community. Uh, I we, we normally are not paying much attention. We're leaving it to the moderators. But when we went over to the vote and watch, I, I just want to thank you guys for – uh, the way you are st um, stressing your frustrations and your comments, uh, I think it's, everything I'm reading is fair. Uh, 
Yep. And, and that's what makes this community, and that's what we try to do. And it's hard. You see my emotion come out. It's hard because I love this university. I love this school. But I really want to give a shout-out to all of you who are commenting that you're making some really tough comments that are correct, but they're really, really fair without attacking. You know, even if we don't like this player or that coach or whatever, they're human beings, and their their performance can be criticized, and it should be because it's not good. But I really think the game ball should go to the chat mob uh, today uh, or a secondary okay. because you guys are handling yourself uh, as a fan base should. And I'm glad you're with us. Um, and I know sometimes we all get mad and shout at the moon. But tonight has been, uh, I think, really, uh, really good in the chat from when the time when I went in there. So keep that up. Uh, fair and honest is always the way to be. And I always said this before. Find that person to holler at with on the front porch <laughs> and then be careful sending it. Don't at the players. Don't at the coaches. Nope. Uh, those kinds of things. Keep it uh, here. You can at me because, you know, I <laughs> – I get it all the time, but and and coach, uh, I'll throw, I want to ask you kind of this and uh, interest in Jerseyman, but and I'm not trying to be like naive or like you know sunshine and roses here, but you beat Wisconsin on Saturday, all of a sudden you could find yourself. You know how momentum is. All of a sudden, confidence, momentum takes you into a three or four game winning streak, and winning covers up a lot of things. I'm not saying the issues go away. But it's just how finicky the game can be. Uh, one good effort, one good game against Wisconsin might at least get you a couple weeks' worth of wins. What do you think? At I mean, about, sure. About the, that, about the philosophy. That's all this yes. program needs is a win to release the pressure. There's no question about it. And that could potentially build on itself. You know, I think right now it's hard to see past just the next game and desperately trying to get that win no matter what, because then you got to go play at Illinois, you know, that seems to be kind of finding itself a little bit. And so that's going to be tough. So, yeah, I mean, coach, it's the Big Ten. Iowa was down and out. They make a comeback against us and they go beat Rutgers. Yep. Of course. And that Iowa team isn't any, even what they have right now, isn't any more talented than the lineups we're rolling out there. They just have an identity and, you know, a lot of the things that we don't have. And Illinois. So... Yeah, you win one game. Yes. I mean, look at the earlier in the season, even with some of the issues we were talking about and the cracks that we saw, but they were winning, <laughs> you know, and then and now it's just been a snowball injuries, bad performance, injury, bad performance, bad performance, and it just snowballs. And that's why you see guys hanging their heads. They don't believe they're going to win right now. I agree. So what comes first, the chicken or the egg? I'm starting to think they've just, you know, they've just got to find a way to get a good result you know, to start believing in themselves again, because it doesn't seem like they're able to generate it internally right now. And that's frustrating. And I feel bad for them. But at the same time, as coach said, you know, you're here with a scholarship, you have the ability to change this. So let's see something different. You know, even if it's, you know, again, you're, I don't know, whatever, just see something different, play better, try something else besides just, you know, going through the motions for another game. So, and I hope the crowd is there, you know, and does their, I know it's, you know, it's hard to show up and cheer and be loud when the team is struggling like this, but that's our role. That's what we need to do, you know, and if they give us something to cheer about, let's be right there. And I know the assembly hall crowd will, we know, you know, how this crowd operates, but the team's got to give us something to believe in and to get, you know, to get excited about too. So everybody's got to come together. So let, let's get that one win coach and then see from there. Who knows? I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, me too. Me too. Me and, and just to, too. you know, 
We just got to handle the shock. Kathy sent that uh, my comments that the early chat mob wasn't as good as the late chat mob. So congratulations <laughs> for the you guys sticking around. Those of you who were kind of tough and Kathy had to time you out a little bit. Glad you just dropped out afterwards a little bit. But no, um, man, it's you're going to root for Indiana no matter what. So every game I think we're going to win, and then then you just handle it. But I'm going to give an assignment to those the, the good, good, fine 439 people who are still with us. Pick a player or two to watch, and then come into the chat if you're going to be able to do that, Wisconsin, or the next game, and really look at what a player is doing and, and ask us questions because now is a time if we're going to lose because the players are out, even if we get better performances, um, let's look at what players are doing. Just like Geronimo had a comeback today, that should be applauded. Uh, Galloway played better, that should be applauded. Um, you know, when you look at some individuals, we got to find some positives in this mere, you know, this muck right now uh, because it is the, the school that we, that we root for. And that's a challenge. It's 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 tough. I've been a part of losing programs and their tough years, uh, injuries to your good players, tough tough to deal with inside the program. Um, so that's your assignment: pick a player or two and just watch them. And then you know maybe I'll, I'll do a coach's uh, corner uh, or banner Friday where you can come in if you're in the community and and just answer questions about those players. So let's make this great as great as we can given the losses that's that's the challenge that's count that as my last call and uh I like um, it. you know th- th- i i just i can't tell you you know um jeff you know you've gone through some uh family situations recently and and, and your text to us today was well appreciated uh, this this fan group of assembly call listeners is is a family and we're here to lift each other up um <laughs> It's hard. I mean, one, I'm 300 pounds, and now I'm down and out. So it's like lifting up a, you know, I won't even say what it's like. But thank you. Uh, let's let's make sure we we do what we can to stay as positive as we can uh, the rest of the year because we're going to need each other. Yeah, I think a, a lot more than just this night. I'm done. Yep. And I, I, my last my last call: just go out and compete on Saturday. Let the chips fall where they may, but compete your ass off. Yep. Hey, got the cuss chart going now. Mm-hmm. This is where we are in the middle of January, just hoping for the team to compete better in a Big Ten game. But that is that you know, that is what this season has given us. So remember Assembly Call Radio tomorrow night after doing the work. And by the way, it's probably gonna be a shorter episode. So I know that there's a ton new to say right now, but we're gonna make it a mailbag episode. Uh so if you're in the community, we'll put out a post to get those questions. If you're not in the community but you follow us on Twitter, send us a tweet if you have a question or something that you would like us to address. Because uh, Andy and Ryan will be there, so you'll be able to get their uh, thoughts on what we just saw. And make sure that you go to Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off your first order. That is homefieldapparel.com. And I think that'll do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you hear on the show and special thanks to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo and thank you as always for listening we'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you men's and women's tomorrow night until then take it from me Thomas Bryant keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim go Hoosiers all right I gotta get out of here folks thank you here I come this is done Sony (laughs) slippers or no slippers I'm in a recovery beer.
<laughs> Need a recovery beer. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, nice show, guys. Coach Marlowe, thanks for being able to hop in uh, at the last minute. That was very helpful and great insight, as usual. I just hey, we got <laughs> we got that Tim Weaver's letter in the in the chat, Mom. Jeez, <laughs> people are creative. I'm telling you. That uh, needs to die. Tim Weaver's letter needs to die. <laughs> uh, it's going to live on as a meme, apparently. Yep. Uh, hey, right. when, it gets, when, it gets, when it gets to the internet, it's out there forever. <laughs> Melon asked, Jared, did your son dry your tears as you put him to bed? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, you know, it was nice to have that distraction from the last 10 minutes of the game. I had it on, so I was kind of glancing over just to see if we were making any kind of furious comeback, the kind that teams have made against us. But no, we did not. So, bye, everybody. Good night. See you.